0: back to the sighting map where we give you an insight into the world of motorcycle racing this week was round two of the motor gp world championship and it was the argentine grand Prix, second round of the championship as i've said and it was another cracking race just like last week so let's just dive right in because we've got a lot to talk about Um, So starting off with the sprint race, Binder won. I am still in shock. I don't know where that came from, really. Obviously, we've seen that the KTM is working this season with Miller and somehow Binder won the race.
1: I did expect him to win a race. I didn't expect him to win this race because, as mm. always, I don't know why, but the qualifying pace for the KTMs is just nowhere to be found. It's it like The weather conditions were a bit challenging. It was wet and then it was dry again. There were loads of wet patches on track. So it's kind of the track conditions that Brad Binder is pretty good in. So I wasn't that surprised. But it was still an insane achievement, especially at such a short distance.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, it's the sort of conditions that you, when you think of Bradbinder, he thrives in. But yeah, I, I wasn't expecting it. But then, sort of as it happened, it was like, well, who else? But yeah, no, it was a really good race from Bradbinder.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I know I said last week that on the podcast that qualifying means everything, but Clearly, I've just been proven wrong because Binder qualified 15th and won the sprint race. So <laughs> qualifying does obviously mean something, but Binder just doing Binder things, clearly.
1: I think it's him and Alex Rins who are just so, so good at the starts. I don't know how they do it, but they manage to make up pretty bad qualifying positions almost every single time where they're not where they should be.
0: Definitely. Mm. And then, obviously, rounding up the podium was Zeki and Marini, so who had double VR46 podium.
2: Yeah, this was really good to see from them. Um, It's been, I suppose, you can't really say it's been a long time coming when we're two laps in, but it feels like it was looming. Um, but, yeah, it was really good performance for Bezecchi and Marini and I don't know if you guys saw the Mormons touch and they had that private conversation spoken about afterwards but I thought that was quite entertaining but yeah um, quite interesting but a really good weekend, a really good race for them
1: I mean we've seen quite a bit of Ducati on Ducati crime this weekend (laughs) they they were also like Bez and Banyaya they were were also getting very very close in the practice sessions and it's Just really nice to see them being so aggressive, having fun with it, still getting along, and just race.
2: Yeah.
0: I think this was definitely a bit of a comeback from Marini as well, seeing as last weekend he had, was it four crashes over the whole weekend? And in the whole of last season, I think he only had seven, so... It was a bit of a shame for Marini last weekend, but good to see him back on the podium. Um, surprisingly, we then had in fourth Franco Morbidele. I think this was a bit of a surprise for everyone, seeing as how last season went for him and how last weekend at Portimao was for him. He just seemed to have found some pace on the track, which is a pretty low grip track. And he's obviously found something on this weekend.
1: Honestly, if someone told me that Frankie would finish both races in P4, I would have asked, did 15 people crash out? How did he do it? I mean, (laughs) it's not too... (laughs) I don't want to be (laughs) so talk so badly about him but at the same time it just came out of nowhere we've seen Fabio struggle quite a lot on the Yamaha this weekend and he's usually the one who gets along better with the bike so it was very surprising he did come into the weekend being very confident saying he just needs the same aggression as Fabio and he will eventually get there but I didn't expect him to delivers such a good result so fast i'm yeah. so happy for him i'm very happy for him I don't <laughs> want...
2: yes something just clicked this weekend for him and I, I i don't know what it was but i hope we see more of it um yeah it was really good to see him get a good performance and finally get a good weekend
0: yeah definitely i think we all know how good frankie can be but obviously since he's had that injury a couple mm-hmm. two years ago now He just hasn't really been the same. And seeing this form from him looks really promising. So I hope that can continue. Um, I think the next person we should talk about is Alex Marquez in fifth. Because I think he is doing amazing on that Ducati. I mean, he's been there two rounds. And if he was still on a Honda, he probably wouldn't even be in the top ten. And he's in fifth on a Ducati.
1: Okay, It's great to see him do his own things, step out of Mark's shadow, actually really showing his potential and his talent again, because it's kind of gotten lost over the past years in this entire Honda situation that he was in. So it's just so, so nice to see this again.
2: Absolutely. Um, I think... He did really uh, well to get pole position. And yes. then obviously he finished fifth in the sprint, but uh, I think it was a really good race. And it's good to see, like you said, him stepping out of his other shadow and he is a world, uh, he is a world champion for a reason. And I think he showed that.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people like in Portimao, they were really impressed by his performance. I think I knew he would get on the podium, but I didn't expect him to get pole so quickly. Mm. Obviously, we know the Ducati is a very fast bike, but you've got seven other Ducatis on the grid who can also all get pole. I just think it was a, a great ride from him this weekend. Um, obviously, we may, did have a crash in the sprint race and he was declared unfit for the Race on Sunday because he has cranial and cervical trauma. Basically, he had um he got concussed. Um, so we wish him all the best. I don't think he'll be racing in Kota. Um, but yeah, not as many crashes as last weekend, which is not as many riders on track. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> obviously we yeah. had Inea, Paul, Miguel, and Mark still out, but I think it does show that maybe it was the track that was like. Obviously, we've just gone into round one, and it's at Portimao, which is known for being the roller coaster. Whereas here, I feel like it was a bit more of a calm race.
1: I think they did take a couple questionable. Questionable decisions by planning the season because making it a double header with added sprint races and starting at Portimao might have been a bit much.
2: Yeah, and there was complaints of the track's conditions before we went into this race as well. So it was. It's glad that um, it's good that nothing uh, there was no further crashes in the sprint race because of that.
0: So, let's move on to Moto3, which was a chaotic race to put in. <laughs> um, it, we, we all joined, like we were all watching and everyone's probably turning on their TVs and it's a wet track. It's rained, like, I think it was like all morning it was raining mm-hmm. and the track is just, it's fully wet. There is no way you're going to put a slick on that tr- on, a, on a bike and get around <laughs> it. Let's put it that way. So it's full wet. And sorry, I'm just going look <laughs> get out the grid. And um, so I think the first person we should talk about is the person you've got, Paul, Suzaki. Bit of a shame for him heartbreaking but he obviously crashed out. It was so sad to see.
1: I am still very sad but at the same time I'm glad he was able to walk away from that crash because
0: the way he crashed
1: it could have ended very badly. Mm -hmm. He landed not too far away from the track so if another person would have crashed or did have a bit of a runoff into the area next to the track because well, it wasn't gravel, it wasn't grass, it was just road. Yeah, yeah it, like
0: it could like have. Painted yeah, bit of the trap.
1: Yeah, it could have ended pretty badly, and he got really lucky. The crash did look also quite scary, to be honest.
2: Mm. It was quite a scary high side, and it was good that you said that he walked away, but yeah, it was a bit of a shame that he crashed out. Um, But yeah, sad weekend, but good, good that he got pole. I
0: mean, Like It was
1: so emotional to see his team trying to console him in the box. Mm. They all really tried their best but he was just so dejected after this crash because again we've seen him crash out or not finishing a race after leading it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes, so the person who won the race was Suzuki. I just don't really know where this came from, to be honest, I mean, obviously the leopards qualified um fifth and sixth with Messia and fifth and Suzuki in sixth, and um, we know that they're a fast bike, but I didn't expect Suzuki to be the one in the wet to the finish the race four and a half seconds up the road.
1: I think he's one of the riders who still or now have the most experience, yeah in the class, so he does know the track, he does know how to race in the wet, he is on a good bike, and he is an incredibly talented rider as well. We've seen him often do so well, making up positions when he has bad qualifying, trying to fight for the lead when he has a good qualifying. It's just sometimes he was a bit overshadowed by everyone around him, Mm. but at the same time this is nothing to take away how good he actually is and I think it's also he also kind of reaches that point where he needs to show it to keep a seat because otherwise he will be out of the class very soon I mean we've seen it with Andrea migno an incredibly talented writer but age wasn't really on his side anymore there are new people coming in and you need to have these types of Of results to stay in the class for even a bit longer
2: Yeah absolutely I mean he he obviously inherited the lead and did really well to um, finish it and he was 7 seconds ahead at one point so just uh, the layer part is so quick that you just just sort of I don't know I, I wouldn't expect it but given the circumstances while it was happening it was sort of like well yeah he should be doing this and this is what um you sort of expect um I I think this is a a, could be a turning point for Suzuki I think he really needs to take a step forward now and try and continue with his good form and make sure that he keeps like you said keep putting up the putting in the good performances and hopefully here we will see him in the class for many years to come or he gets promoted
0: yes so as you said he did inherit the lead because Anchu was leading for about three laps four laps and then he crashed he was quite far ahead as well of the of um, Suzuki and everyone else trying to chase him and he just pushed too hard and it's such a shame because I know a lot of people had put him down to win this race I just I think he has
1: the same curves as Aaron Connett and they just can't win a race. (laughs) Because this is is getting insane. And he's so good. He looked very comfortable throughout the entire weekend. And I also don't know why he was pushing this hard at that point. Because he was already leading by half a second, I think. While the people behind him were just beating each other up, trying to contention so he could have just written it out go a uh, fast but steady pace rather than pushing it to the limit but oh well maybe next race or hopefully we will see him win this season I don't have a doubt in mind but at the same time I said the same thing last year about Aaron Connette, so don't listen to me.
2: <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I echo exactly what you say and I don't think I have anything else to add. <laughs> so, um,
0: Anshu did rejoin the race, but once he'd got the bike started, it was far too late to get pick up any points or even pass anybody. So he finished in the 24th. Um, but we did also have some other crashes, which obviously we've talked about, Suzuki, but Ricardo Rossi, it was such a shame for him because he was doing so well as well he was battling for the podium in mm-hmm. the last couple of laps and oh it's just such a shame because he he was working for it so hard he had such a big gap to overcome to get to the group the i'd call it the front group but because suzuki was so far ahead at this point that there was no catching him but Oh I just feel so bad for him because it must I... be so like I can't just des- like you can't just can't describe it when you have pushed so hard and then you just it was just in like in your reach and then it's mm. just slipped out.
1: Also it's so close to the finish line. Yeah almost it was almost there but Sadly, it didn't work out for him. And sadly, there were a lot of people who were either leading or in podium contention who crashed out. I mean, we've also had Messiah crash out, of course, mm-hmm. who was also in the leading group behind Suzuki. They could have made it 1-2, um, but yeah, that wasn't in the cards for Leopard. Then we did have... Other people who crashed out. I don't know who you want to talk about first, Munoz, or do you want to talk about Artiga, or do you want to talk about Almansa? I mean, there are loads of people who had such a good race until not anymore.
0: But obviously, I think we should talk about Artigas because he obviously had a crash and somehow still managed to finish eighth.
2: Yeah. It was a really weird one because he he, he crashed I and mean, within nine seconds he was back on his bike and it was and he was back in the pack and it was just like well why did that happen so quickly like I mean fair play that the bike was still running and everything but I, yeah I think they compared it on the uh, when we were and I was watching to uh, who crashed out with him was it Minos that also crashed out at the same time
0: yeah someone yeah. one um, of them crashed and then. was a bit of a sympathy crash
2: yeah yeah it was a sympathy crash and then they said that it took munoz 20 seconds to get back on the bike whereas it took artiga's nine seconds which i just think is crazy
1: don't understand how that's even possible because looking at both crashes artiga was way his bike slid way further away Mm -hmm. than munoz Apparently Artiga is not only a fast rider but also a fast runner. Mm.
2: He he joined back in P9 and then obviously managed to finish in uh, eighth, but it was just yeah, crazy. I feel crazy like stuff. the
0: what he the wet weather was like a bit to people's advantage because obviously yeah. the lap times are slower, the pack is sometimes spread out a bit more. Mm-hmm. But can sometimes also be really close together, as we know in Moto 3. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, a great ride from him. And then I think we should talk about the two other people on the podiums. So we had Moreira, who I think could be in for a shot at the championship this year. And then we also had Mino, who was a replacement rider. For Lorenzo Fellon, on. Um, yeah. I don't know where that came from either.
1: Honestly, clearly,
0: we... he still has class. And he can ride <laughs> a Moto3 bike. <laughs> I think
1: it's, of course, it's a great achievement to be on the podium as a replacement rider. But at the same yeah. time, winter break w- was just as long for him than for the other riders. And they only it's only the second race for the season for all those people, so he only missed one race. Of course, he didn't have the same preparations, but he does have the experience in the class last year he did very well until he did have that crash with Messiah, so he he does well around the track, but still very exciting and. Especially seeing how the entire VR46 Riders Academy were just going wild mm-hmm. in Parc Family. We've seen, of course, Luca Marini had the Paco there and Bess who were arguably almost celebrating more than Mino himself.
2: Mm. It, yeah, it, it's, it's just insane. And we're ch- chatting about replacement riders and the fact that they have done really well this weekend. You sort of look at it, and I, my sister actually messaged me during the race, and it was like, Well, what does it take to get a full time seat? And could this be, could this make riders, I don't know, halfway through the season, a little bit uncomfortable if they don't perform?
0: I mean, we've seen it in Moto 2 with Fanati and Lopez. So who's to say that like, can't happen in Moto 3?
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: And then some. Mentions that before we move on to Moto two, I think Holgado in fourth, consistent from him. Mm-hmm. He's obviously leading the champions still. Um, and then in fifth we have Scott Ogden. He obviously got a six second penalty, which is like the equivalent of a double long double, lap.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: as he um had a collision with. Monza who was a replacement rider for <laughs> Joel Kelso and a bit of a shame it was like on the last lap and he still got fifth his personal best finish but I definitely think that if he hadn't had that collision he could have had a chance at a podium yeah I am
1: still very heartbroken about it <laughs> because I was rooting so hard for David Almanza at the same time Mm -hmm. I was rooting very very much for Scott Ogden but uh, yeah, it was I think it was Scott's fault of course but at the same time I do see how this mistake can happen in such a tense race where also track conditions are very tricky so yeah still Still a good finish. I mean, fifth is incredible for him.
2: Yeah, really good finish for Scott. So, we've all picked a
0: rider of the day. So, I'll go first. So, I picked Andrea Migno just because everyone knows that he deserves a ride in Moto3 now. He's proven Uh to everyone. And I just really hope we see him again in the future.
1: Oh, I did pick... Of course, the replacement rider, which broke my heart, <laughs> David Almanza, I think. hes He was just so confident, which I don't know where this confidence came from, but his overtakes were smooth, they were very aggressive, but at the same time they were clean. And I am really disappointed that we won't see him for all of the season.
0: I'm sure next year we will.
2: Hopefully. I hope hopefully. so, I hope so. <laughs> um, I picked Diego Moreira. I think he had a really solid race. He got swallowed up and then he managed to come back and fight for the podium. And he obviously got P2, but I thought it was a really solid weekend for him. Uh, qualified third and finished second.
0: Okay, so moving on to Moto 2, track conditions were still awful, really. It was still really wet. The rain, it wasn't really raining that hard. It was just kind of spitting, but. Obviously, the whole track was still wet, so everyone was on wets. Um, and the race got cut to 14 laps because, obviously, Moto2 and Moto3 don't have a warm-up session in on Sunday anymore. And so they had no track time on a wet track. Our, they decided direction. Yeah. that yeah. the race would only be two-thirds distance, so from 22 laps to 14. So basically we're all getting another sprint race. <laughs> Honestly,
1: I was surprised that it was still very calm for not having any practice on these track conditions and having a shortened race, it was not as crazy as I expected it to be.
0: Definitely, yeah. I I did think that it was going to be a bit like um Saturday's MotoGP race with mm-hmm. a lot of passing and, but actually, the leaders got away quite quickly. Mm-hmm. So the first person I think we should talk about is um Alonso Lopez. Obviously, got pole. He set an all-time and. Uh, all-time lap record (laughs) (laughs) thank you (laughs) and him um, Dixon and Arbelino had an amazing race they were obviously all at the front they were all battling it was pretty calm for most of the race Um, Lopez was leading and Arbelina was in second and then Dixon was in third for most of the race. And yeah, and then he finished second. I think it's a solid second place for him, seeing as last weekend's result. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I
1: think you can never count out Alonso Lopez in a race. He just has incredible race pace. I don't know how he does it. Uh, These conditions were, of course, pretty tricky for everyone. And he did did make a couple of small mistakes, which ultimately led to Arbolino taking the lead from him, who Mm. had an absolutely faultless race. I don't know how he did it. Tony Arbolino, man of the day, I think. But honestly, I think we were all rooting for the man in third place. He wasn't able to go the same pace as the two people in front of him towards the end, but he was still very well safe (laughs) in his podium chase. And I think it's also time to congratulate Jake Dixon, not only for his podium, but also for the birth of his very first child. So congratulations, Jake Dixon.
2: Yes, congratulations. Um, Yeah, definitely, we were all rooting for him. he had a really good start and led for the first lap. Um, yeah, and then obviously other things happened. I can't even remember. It was so <laughs> it was so chaotic, but it it then calmed down and he did really well to keep on the toes of Tony Arbolino. And then, as you say, I think tires just dropped off and he couldn't keep up as much as he might have wanted to. But I think he had a really really good weekend and we're all very happy for
0: him yeah he said afterwards that he actually I think he had a problem with his visor because um Mm. normally in the helmets when it's like a wet race they put like this special mask on Mm. underneath their helmet so that it like blocks from their nose downwards I think so like when they breathe it doesn't fog up the um visor we had he had not he decided not to put that mask on so it was like fogging up half of his vision which um. oh that pretend- makes sense yeah, he basically couldn't see from like halfway through the race he couldn't see half half of um through half of his visor he was, was quite like, apparently apparently he was like slightly opening it on the back straight slightly opening his visor and then closing it to try and like get some air in so that it would like demist. But he's like obviously said it's not like his um I think he's uh got a shoey helmet. He's like said it's not showy's fault, it's like my own fault because I didn't decide to put this mask in. And um but like it's very particular how how it fits. And I think he was just finding it it wasn't very comfortable when He was trying to put it on, but that could have potentially been like a win for him. But he played a good race, he, like played it really safe. Like he, knows, he said in the interview before the race, like the championship is long and it's not about winning the first every race or winning the first two races, it's you've got to play the long game and not like you're not going to win the race and then that's it. What, you've won the World Championship, you've got to be consistent, which yeah. I think was a really smart thing to say. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we've talked about the podium finishers. Next, I think we should talk about Aaron Canet, <laughs> because he nearly got pole, and then Lopez just pipped at him, and so he obviously started um, second. And it was such a shame because they replayed this bit back, and he jump started. It was such a rookie mistake. I like don't really know what was what happened because you can clearly see like lights are still on and he's gone and everyone else is still standing there. But he obviously mm-hmm. got a double long lap penalty for the jump start, but still finished fourth. I
1: mean the jump start, even I can't defend it because he was almost <laughs> already in the first corner before the lights went out. I I it wasn't just by a millisecond or very that you could that it could be debatable. It was so so clear you didn't even need the replay to see it. And uh, yeah, it was definitely an interesting start <laughs> into the race for him i was not happy about it especially since. (laughs) well it was a deserved penalty of course but it wasn't a penalty under the best conditions especially with the shortened race distance it would have been very very difficult to come back from that but he also with the mixed conditions the track was in a terrible condition in the long lap part of itself so it was very dangerous to go through it but he did so well he didn't lose that much time he didn't really lose any positions he could have very well been in podium contention but in the end the race was just a bit too short for him to make up the time again I still think it's a great great finish for him and I still have high hopes that he might win the championship.
2: Okay. We'll let you have those hopes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have any comments on that.
1: (laughs) 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 Yeah, because I will fight to the death for (laughs) it. I mean, the the long death penalty and the jump start, I can't defend him for that. I mean, it was a dumb move and Mm -hmm. he got punished for it much partly yeah. so so yeah. that's okay. Other than um, that, he did very well.
2: Yeah. So the commentators on the world stream were like, Aaron kinnett has got a whole shot start. And I was like, there's no way he hasn't jump started. But we'll just like wait till it comes back and it came back. And I was like, that makes more sense now. Um but no he had a really good recovery considering the straight uh the long lap loop looked really long. I don't know why. I don't know if it was just because we haven't been racing in so long. But it looked like a really long loop compared to Portimao. So, I don't know, it was just the, the way that he managed to do both of them and still uh, come back out in uh, reachable positions, which was really good. And I think the obviously the weather played a bit of a part because everyone wasn't going as quick as they potentially normally would. But it was a really good race for him and it was a good recovery.
0: I think they said that on when he did his first long lap, he lost 1.8 seconds, Mm -hmm. which is obviously like nearly half the time that the long lap normally takes. And then when he did his second long lap, he actually set a personal best lap time. Whilst doing the long lap, like it he should have just gone sense.
1: through the entire race. Yeah,
0: <laughs> the layout <laughs> suited like, him no. better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was like, no, let's just stick with that. But uh, yeah, he like he was when he did it the first time. I think he was he came out behind Binder, mm-hmm. and then when he did it, and then he got past Binder, and then did it a second time, and. <laughs> somehow set his personal best lap crazy things but a great ride from him but obviously by that point in the race it being a shortened race to 14 laps he was already too far behind um the leading trio to catch up it was about two or three seconds at this point and yeah just wasn't meant to be this weekend but the next person I think we should talk about is his teammate, Sergio Garcia, who qualified down in 28th and yeah. finished the race in 5th. I have no words,
2: Freddie. It, really. Round of applause. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: He's in his rookie season and he's already making performances like this. Yes, the weather conditions weren't ideal and a lot of people struggled, but I don't think in Moto3 he was really a standout wet weather rider.
2: No, but... I don't think so. I don't know. I can't really remember last season. My brain's a bit mush. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's just taken to this Moto2 bike like a duck to water, really.
2: Yes, I like that phrase, especially because it was raining.
1: (laughs) Honestly, I didn't even pay attention to Garcia the entire race, because, not because I don't care what he's doing on track, but after this collision with Gomez during qualifying, them being way down the bottom, I didn't Mm -hmm. expect him to do so well. And suddenly I'm looking at the standings during the race, and he's in fifth. I remember he... messaging the group chat, being like, "Where did Garcia come from?" Because I, I, I don't know. He when came he from the long
2: lap loop, which the long lap loop. Yeah,
0: yeah. Obviously, maybe him and Canet's bikes because they're teammates. Maybe they were set up to do the long lap <laughs> loop quicker. Oh,
1: you know, in Formula E, you have to take sometimes the wider route, and then you get um, an energy bonus where your car goes
0: faster. <laughs> It was like that. They both, yeah. they both took the long lap people and got an energy <laughs> race. I'm sorry,
1: I don't know how to explain it in English how it works, but they just get more stronger kilowatts. However, there
0: a bit of a disappointing race for Acosta. I don't think he's really ever liked the wet. I can't think of a race where he's really stood out, but. Really disappointing, seeing as honestly last week he won the race, and I oh, you know our, I think our whole group predicted five, him to be on the top step. Five of but us. Obviously, the, Costa weather, the weather. The played a part in this one, and it was not meant to be. <laughs> he finished down in twelfth after qualifying fifth. He had a really bad start. I think he was down to like. 19th at one point in the race Um so he made a few positions from that start but at 12th
1: and like it's, yeah it's good that he still walked away with a couple of points but yeah it wasn't really what we expected i think it's mm-hmm. still a good performance in a sense of coming back from being way down the bottom again under these conditions. I mean, we've mentioned those race conditions now a hundred times, but at the beginning of the season at a track where they don't have as much experience on it being so difficult with limited vision, rain and winds, it is very, yeah, I think sometimes you do need a bit more experience in general to adapt quicker to race under these conditions.
0: Yeah. I don't really think this will affect his um championship fight because I do think that in the dry he will be very dominant. Mm-hmm. Um definitely. And then I think the last person we should talk about is Binder. Um obviously Darren Bender has stepped back down from MotoGP this year and is in Moto2. And I think he's having a really good start to the season. Obviously, he's never ridden a Moto2 bike. He's a rookie, which is still confusing to me. <laughs> but um, he finished in sixth, which was really good for him, I think.
1: Yeah, I think sometimes people think because he comes from MotoGP, he should be at the front And Mm -hmm. he should do well because he was in the premier class. But at the same time, the bike is so different and you need to get used to the bike. And so I didn't expect him to be immediately in the championship fight or doing very well. I was, of course, hoping for him to get a couple of top 10 finishes. But he's already showing that he can be at the front if he... And didn't work yeah definitely oh there are two more people that i want to mention one yeah. is just a little fun fact i was just thinking about it uh of course this time even though it was a double header and we went from europe to argentina which is in south america <laughs> yes yes okay we didn't have any fright problems this time Everyone got their bikes on time. Everyone had everything they needed, except for some of who lost his luggage, apparently. So he had just nothing with him, which was a bit, yeah, not great, but he still managed to finish in 10. And <laughs> um, we also had the replacement rider in the VR46 Master Camp team, uh, Minami Moto, who <laughs> the risk results don't look great, Well, I think they still do do look quite good. He qualified in 27th, and he finished in 20th. But he was up to 12th at some point in the race, which was a very, very strong um, performance of him, especially if you consider that he's never raced in Grand Prix motorcycle racing at all.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry, Ayogura, he was back only for the practice sessions and qualifying and then decided to not race during the, on Sunday but I still think it was great to see him back again and he did quite well and was a very mature decision to
0: not compete this weekend. I agree. Mm. We hope to see him racing soon but obviously when he's fit and well. Yes. So now let's reveal our Moto2 riders of the day I'll go first so I picked Garcia just because he <laughs> gained about 30 oh no how many positions did he gain? <laughs> quick maths 23 no 25 23,
1: no 23
0: Yeah, 23 yeah <laughs> 23 <laughs> positions whilst doing a long lap as well insane uh, doesn't make sense but yeah Catherine do you want to go next okay
2: so I have picked the the new dad of the paddock Jake Dixon just had a really great weekend um away from racing but yeah he had a really good weekend in racing as well and it was uh we're again really happy for him so that's all I have to say really (laughs) as
1: Fabio would say good job daddy Mm -hmm. yeah exactly (laughs) I don't even need to explain my pick. I picked Alan Connett, I think. It's clear why I don't need to talk even more about him.
0: Yeah, the Pons team are just long lap penalty experts at this yes. point. <laughs> now we are going to move on to MotoGP. And obviously, as we've already said, we had Alex Marcus leading, um, starting on pole, same as the sprint race grid um so obviously we had alex Marcus on pole berzecki and then bang leading the front row and this race it was full race distance still because MotoGP had had um time in the wet so they didn't have to cut this race down but it was a very interesting race to watch Mm. Um, let's just start off with Vizeki because he obviously won the race. He got his first MotoGP win. His first, it was the first Ducati win at Argentina. And he's now come away from Argentina leading the world championship. Um, yeah.
2: I have more stats if you want them. Yeah. So Vizeki is the 12th different Ducati rider to win in the premier class. He's the 10th different maiden winner in the premier class since the opening race of 2020. And he's the hundred and nineteenth different premier class winner. So who is we're gonna
0: need another person to make that a nice 120th. Yeah, yeah.
2: Luca <laughs> Marini full VR <VR46> 46 Academy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Bizek, so- he had a really good race. Um It's just unbelievable. He just got out there, and then that was it. That that was just yeah, from start to finish.
0: He had no faults really. He Mm. was near the end. I think the tires were pretty gone, but um, because he was sliding that bike left, right, and center around the corners. Um, but yeah, I'm just so pleased for him. The whole VR Forty Six team when they were in park fermi they were all yeah. like singing and shouting and it, it was just such a good atmosphere um yeah i don't really have anything to add i'm just so happy for him because yeah. i feel like he's just deserved this for such a long time and mm-hmm. obviously in the sprint race he came second and he's definitely grown into motor gp i
1: think That's... at the moment he's one of the most exciting people to see race in MotoGP not just because of his talent but just in general I think Ducati is so dominant with their factory team it's nice to see people step out of it and still
0: manage to achieve good results and wins. (laughs) The next person we should talk about is not someone who was actually on the podium but someone who (laughs) could have been on the podium, Peko Banyaya. He was... That's not
2: where I thought you were going with that, but okay.
0: Oh <laughs> he was he was obviously behind Alex Marquez in third for quite a long time and then it decided to push on the pace, overtook Marquez, was in second, and I'm I can't remember who we were watching, but it wasn't Peko, and then suddenly the cameras went back on Peko and he was in the gravel and I don't think anyone really expected a crash from Peko. He just seemed so calm and collected all the time. But I just don't have any words. He's not leading the championship anymore. It was a bit of a silly mistake from him, in my opinion.
1: Peko just doing Peko things in the saddest yeah. way possible. I, he often gets lucky in... sense that he isn't involved in big crashes with other riders but he I don't know sometimes he just pushes a bit too hard and um, of course he still did have a good kind of well not the greatest weekend last weekend he had a good weekend so Mm. points wise there isn't even though he's not leading championship anymore but he's not really under threat or he's in a position where he needs to push immediately come so hard on the next races to come so
0: yeah. Yeah. as we've already said it's the second round of the championship yeah. it's not it's not <laughs> the end of the world really oh, yeah. he has ha- 19 more races yeah to- also- that he no double that because he's got yeah. spurners as well. He's got plenty of plenty more opportunities to so win. We know how good he is towards the end of the
1: season. Yeah, so
2: yeah, yeah I think exactly. this
1: bill won't matter too much in his championship defense.
0: Okay, so then moving back to the podium, we then had Zarco in second, who had a really good race um he obviously qualified in sixth but kind of went backwards at the start a bit and then suddenly about 10 12 laps from the end he was pushing on the pace really well and yeah somehow ended up in second I mean it I don't think people realize that there was such big gaps between people as well in this race like mm-hmm. i think the gap between um Momodelli, who was in fourth at the time and i can't remember who was in fifth um but there was like a two se- one two second gap that he yeah. he just
2: squashed it basically yeah he was he had really quick pace and he just kept putting in metronomical laps to make sure that he just got to where he needed to be and it ended up working and he, he did that uh, overtake on Alex Marquez to get second and yeah, really good race for him. Yeah, I think sometimes
1: he's just a bit underrated. Yeah. Because he does have hey. the pace and he just...
0: Yeah. I he's on a good bite,
1: he, he does have to pace, he just doesn't have to win.
2: He extends his record without a win and a, mm-hmm. a, being on a podium today as well.
0: I need to check that out after we've recorded because I know Aleish is like currently leading that still, isn't he?
2: Hang on. <laughs> I have it up. Um
0: He he's it's something ridiculous, like two hundred and some odd days. Oh, no, it must be more than that.
2: With his Maybe 16th podium and, for instance, the German GP last year, Zarco extends his record as the rider with the most podiums without a win in the Premier class, ahead of Colin Edwards, who took 12. Zarco now has less podiums than Christian Saron, who is second on the list of French riders without, with most podiums in the class behind Fabio Cotero. So it's not the same record. Yeah.
0: Okay. And then finishing up the podium... We have pole sitter Alex Marquez proving once again that he is really talented and that he didn't just get his ride because of Mark and Mark's name, which I think is shown by the move to Ducati and that Ducati or the Grosini team did really want him.
2: I mean, exactly. Um, It was a really good race. And I said before, he has a world title for a reason he's not just here because he's a Marquez he has the talent to be there and I actually on the world stream um they did an interview on the after the flag with him and the I don't know who the reporter was but the reporter asked a question it was like do you feel that you're finally stepping out of this expectation that people have for you because of your brother and you could just see on his face like the the smile that he was proving people wrong and it's it's just so I think it's so heartwarming to see that people are starting to recognise the fact that he is here on his own merit and he deserves to be here and he had a really good weekend
0: someone else who I think we should mention is Brad Binder who obviously won the sprint race had a great race on Saturday but come Sunday wasn't too good for him obviously had a crash with Vinales Yes, yes. But, um, Vinales kind of nudged him out, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I
1: think. Under if it was a dry race, Binder would have probably gotten away with it. He would have lost a couple of positions, but he wouldn't have crashed out. this was very disappointing. I mean, I am a big Brad Binder fan, and. Oh, yeah. He still tried to make up positions. He tried, but in the end, I think it just didn't work out. Because even though the KTM does pretty well in wet conditions, he just was too far off. And we also, well, I didn't look into it before recording now, but I don't know if he had any damage to the bike while riding it.
0: Again, I'm not sure, but probably some damage. I mean. Yeah, probably the arrow was a bit off afterwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, obviously, Binder finished 17th, um, and Vanyaya finished 16th as they both um rejoined the race
2: podium fact. So, this oh, yeah. is this is the second Ducati 1 2 3 lockout of a Grand Prix since Valencia in 2021
0: seems like such a long time ago I mean it is but it is but yeah (laughs) last year we like I feel like there's going to be a lot more of those this year yeah with the way the season has started already um the next I just the next group of people I'd say I'd like to talk about is the um Aprilia's because they had a bit of a heartbreaking race really I mean we had Vinales in 12th Ralph Fernandez finishing ahead of alicia Spargo in 14th and then Alish finishing 15th yeah I, I'm just a bit confused really because everyone coming into this race thought that Vinales was going to be winning or on the podium and obviously the wet weather really affected them yeah. yeah I
1: just think it's a bit weird but it feels like every time Aleish isn't doing well the entire team doesn't <laughs> do well he's mm-hmm. really the captain he's the leader of this ship because <laughs> Valencia we've seen or Valencia last year we've seen both Vinales and Aleish retire the bike in the race this time none of them were able to make up any positions completely in contrary they lost them mm-hmm. and it was surprising because they did quite well in qualifying they also did quite alright a in sprint race so yeah i really don't know what didn't work out today for them
2: yeah it was a it was a bit of a weird Race for them. I I don't, I don't know what happened, but I think Ralph Fernandez deserves a bit of a shout out because he had quite a good race. Um, he, he was battling with them, and it was quite a good education. And if if we're gonna talk about education in MotoGP, I thought uh, Fernandez had a really good race. Um, he was battling with Fabio at one point, and then he was battling with Nylas and Digia. Um, yeah, he had a Good race, I'd say as well. He finished in eleventh.
0: Oh, Yes, uh, Augusto Fernandez. I oh, would just like to point out because I got confused there because there is now yeah. two Fernandes in this race.
2: Oh yeah, true. I didn't even think yeah. of that.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> Just pointing out there, they are not related.
2: <laughs> yeah, sorry, I forgot about that.
1: Wait, ro- ro-
2: Wait, what did we talk about now? Roll. I said roll, and then that was Augusto. Okay,
1: because Augusto finished in the 11th. And I yeah, it's just, it's I'm really confused. Yeah, You can't, make <laughs> this Fernandez segues because they don't. Sorry. work <laughs> in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
2: I guess okay. Fernandez was fighting with Fabio and Vinales and the rest of them, and it was a really good race for him. Yeah, mm. yeah.
0: Especially obviously, since we the... know it's not the best bike. Yeah. Um. Some honourable mentions then. I think just Yamaha in general, really. Morbidelli finishing fourth again, a great result from him. And then we had Quattararo in seventh, which I think I can say on behalf of all of us was a really great ride, but it's just so devastating at the start that um, Nakagami pushed him wide. And then obviously he ran onto the painted area, which is wet. So he dropped back so far and then to even be in the top 10, I think is an achievement for him because Mm -hmm. I think if he had had a good start and he could have been fighting for the podium potentially come the end of the race, he had such pace.
1: It was a very rocky start for him to even get to P7 because Mm -hmm. this weekend he... Just It wasn't the Fabio that we used to see, he wasn't as careless and happy. I think what we barely see of him is those angry outbursts and I can't remember if it was after qualifying or after the sprint race where we've seen him enter the box and just throw his gloves in frustration and you could really see it in his face. He Oh, it was after qualifying. He was not happy at all with his performance with the team. And yeah, it was good to see him today make up the positions again and see him be a bit more comfortable again and see his old self. Yeah. Yes. So now... Oh, I think we should still mention Jorge Martin and... Jack Miller had such a great battle on track. Yeah, it was very nerve-wracking to watch because every single move, I was scared that someone would just lose the front or just slide out, slip on the rainy patch. But it was so so exciting to see both of them just going at it.
0: Yes, of- I feel yeah. I feel like when it's wet, it makes it even more tense to watch. Yes. Like if they're <laughs> tiny bit out of line it could just be a crash so mm-hmm. great battle from them um, now let's say who are MotoGP riders of the weekend I guess because we've obviously got the sprint race and the full race um, so I have picked bezeki great ride from him he's really grown into MotoGP and we can expect a lot more from where this came from.
1: I picked Fabio because he did have this quite difficult start into the weekend and to just switch around and bring this kind of performance is crazy to me. I mean, it's not just physically very draining to ride that Yamaha bike but also mentally um,
2: draining I'd say. (laughs) Yeah. Um I picked pole position rider Alex Marquez. I thought he had a really good overall weekend and uh I hope he wins win the racing because I don't think he's going to stop winning when he gets one. So yeah.
0: Well, that is the end of our second race review. We've got a long season ahead of us. <laughs> but um yeah, I hope all the rest of um the rounds are like this one and not as many crashes as portumel but still very exciting and fun racing to watch so um yeah you can follow us on socials at the sighting Lap instagram tiktok twitter and make sure to keep an eye out for our next episode next week